let's talk about dementia. There is a there is an interesting occurrence that happens with people with Alzheimer's and dementia. And this is a more light-hearted podcast. And I know that a few of my friends and a few people that I know will recognise this. And in a world where there is confusion between what is a dishwasher tablet and what is a washing machine tablet and what is a washing machine and what is a dishwasher and what goes in them. So I bet there's people out there whose washing has been done in the dishwasher. That's clothes washing. It happens. So in this world of confusion, there is something that people with dementia are really proud of. And you'll be watching the television, you'll be watching a, a programme, there'll be times when say, what did they say? What did they say? So you have to keep explaining what people say and what people do, etc. And then the credits will come up at the end of a programme. And your loved one or your friend or your family member, etc. will read those credits with such interest and zeal and if there's a last name that's similar to theirs or if they had a friend at school with a certain name it's an excitable talking point it's such a strange characteristic of dementia so tell me does this happen with you but I know I know I have there are people I know whose loved ones will happily read the credits in their own world. I remember after a television programme where I'd be asked so many questions during the programme, what was happening, what was that, who was that, etc. We'd get to the end and my dad would proudly read every single credit and turn around this big, beaming smile on his face as he read them one after another and it's something that my mum does now as well and it's strange but when you when you have a an advert on that may say something like Garnier or you know Yorkshire tea bags or anything like that it, there's not much interest in that but as soon as the credits come on oh my word there's so many interesting words and names etc that come up it's a really interesting part of dementia why do why are the credits so interesting i don't know but i've seen it one with dementia one with alzheimer's and and it's and it's something that happens with both of them so as i said it, it it's something that will happen and and if it hasn't happened yet at some point it will start to happen you just think oh and then another one that happens. So we have we have the credits and then as you walk driving down the street, you may be driving in a totally different country. I, I remember this happened. Drove into Ostend and I'm driving through Ostend and suddenly my dad says, Oh, I know him on that bike there. But but we're in Belgium. Now it, at the time it wasn't so unusual because I've gone abroad with my parents and my dad's met people that he knows at the 
at the airport or, you know, gone to watch a match, football match, rugby match, and my dad knows lots of people, you know, there. Because my dad's been a sports person all his life. And so it, I thought it was rather unusual, but I thought, well, maybe he does. But then it happened a few hundred yards further down. I thought, well, you can't know both of those cyclists. And then as it happened again, I thought, we can't know all three of these cyclists. And I, again, I don't know the medical explanations of this. It doesn't really matter, but it's just something that you will observe or you may observe as part of this. And then I remember driving into my local town and suddenly my mum's saying, oh, do you know what? They're, they're there every day, aren't they? Walking down that road. I thought, but you've never seen it before. And then we'd drive to a town that we'd never driven to before, to... Brighton and suddenly my mum is saying do you know what every time we come down this street them two are always sat outside that cafe aren't they and, and, and I don't know what it is but this as you're driving through places for the first time they will see familiarity there and again I've got dementia and Alzheimer's one very aggressive one not ag aggressive at all and and it is we see the same behaviours, some of the same behaviours. And probably one of the, the strangest behaviours was I know that one day we were going back up to Yorkshire, so my parents had been down with me for a little while and I said, oh, do you know what, rather than setting up at tea time, why don't we go for a nice meal? So we went to one of the local restaurants, had a lovely meal, set off about eight o'clock and, and drove up up north. And my dad was in the back of the car and I kept saying, are you okay, are you okay? Yeah. Then when we got up to Leeds, my, my dad said, well, I don't know who was driving. I thought, well... And I said, no, I was driving. He said, well, I don't know who was driving, but there were just all these lights. And my dad's explanation of it was pretty similar to being in a spaceship. And I suddenly th thought, being in the back of a car with somebody's head in front of you, just seeing lights flashing past must be really alarming. But I then realised that trying to drive at night with people in the car with dementia is a little bit confusing. Unless they're in the front seat and able to sit, see you. And again, it's something that I've noticed with my mum during the day when we're driving it's absolutely fine when it starts to get dark she's like oh what what are those lights over there it's the lights on the road etc but because I'm sat at the side of her she's she's able to cope with that so again this is something when you are out and about with somebody with Alzheimer's dementia if they're sitting in the back of the car it, it can be quite alarming for them 
sitting in the front is better. However, if you've got two parents, one has to sit in the front. Normally the one who gets car sick sits in the front and the one who doesn't get car sick has to sit in the back. But sometimes it, it's, it's, if you can, please find somebody to sit in the back of the car with them because it may encourage them and make them a little bit less concerned. As I said, you know, there's some funny, funny things. Be careful of noise. And again, it's only with experience that you get to know this, but people talk about triggers, triggers with dementia, triggers that can set a certain behaviour off. And, and we, we didn't really know what the triggers were until my dad had actually left the house and had to go into care, etc., because his, his aggression was, was off the scale. And I then found out that one of the neighbours had got somebody to come and do some work at home and my dad wasn't happy with the, with the noise and it had got to the point where my dad had practically gone outside and hit this person. He'd got so aggressive, really, really aggressive with whoever was trying to do the work. So that might be good to have a chat with your neighbours. Your neighbours will know they will know that there, there are certain things happening. But to just explain to them, look, if you're going to have any work done, could you please let me know? The only reason why I ask is because said parent gets quite aggressive over noise, etc. And, and it'd be easier if I was there to support them, support you, or take them out for the day. So just be aware of that as well, because I had no idea that the person had actually had to walk off the job because my dad was so, so aggressive. And, and, and what I was told was, yeah, the guy, the person who'd come to do the work, thought my dad was going to hit him. So in the end, had to walk off and go. It's, it's just how people present when people are presented with a situation how they react which is very different how to how we react and I, I'll never forget another time we'd we'd been we'd driven to Belgium actually we'd driven to Ypres and um, I'd got a little bit frustrated with with the car with driving with the same questions being asked for x number of hours we've eventually arrived and we're ahead of the time when we can check into our apartment etc so I've stopped the car and I'm waiting to turn right I said right we're going to get out of here in in a few minutes and like please can we just get parked up and go and sit somewhere and have lunch blah 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 blah, blah. at which point my dad jumps out of the car you can obviously pick up the fact that I'm a little bit frustrated after driving probably, I don't know how many hours. And then <laughs> just the first person that is in front of my dad, my dad's going for. It's just like, I had to jump out of the car. We had to get my dad back into the car. We had to get the car parked. And it's just like, oh my word. So if you are driving, please don't display any grumblings 
because they can pick up on it. And if they've got aggression attached to their dementia. So we did we did manage to bundle them in the car, get the car parked, then walk, sit in the restaurant and order lunch and <laughs> give him a little drink. So just be aware of that when you're driving. And when we're talking about going away, I learned quite some time ago that... Um, we always used to go away and we'd have two hotel rooms, you know, me and my husband, my mum and dad. But then it got to the point where this isn't really working. It, it wasn't necessarily that safe because if they if they wandered at all, I wouldn't know about it. So then we moved to apartments. Now, here's a little bit of advice. So you arrive, you've got two parents both with Alzheimer's dementia one of them has walking difficulties and you don't have parking directly under your apartment you're in the bit middle of a city centre it's a beautiful apartment in one of one of our favourite places in the world which is Ostend we absolutely love it in Ostend we really do and uh, we spent over the last 20 years I've spent so much time there just absolutely love it and so what do you do? You've got to go and park your car. But if you park your car, then one of them won't be able to walk back there. Or rather, if they do make it back, then they're going to be, their, their legs and knees are going to be so sore from all of that walking. So anyway, I decided to leave them in the apartment, right, stay there. And then I went to park the car which took me quite some time because it was a bit of a challenge because the roads closed, etc. So I eventually parked the car, start to walk back and all I can hear is a whole commotion going on about where am I, where am I, where am I? They're no longer in the apartment. I don't know what floor they're in this apartment block. I have to go and find them. If there's one thing I can, if I can suggest, if you're going away, get an apartment and have somebody else there to sit in the apartment while you park the car. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's five minutes or an hour, but oh my word. And by the time I got back, there was such a commotion going on. I, I, I got into the apartment and I think I needed a drink. And it can be such a challenge because, you know, if you're in a hotel, breakfast is at a certain time and Breakfast changes, you know, you have to serve everybody. You have to encourage people to eat. You have to remind people that food is there. You have to, if they don't like that, then get them something else. You have to be comfortable, you know, if they want to wander off and if one needs the loo, if the other one doesn't, what are you going to do? So it's always better to have two people if you can. If not, try and get an apartment with parking downstairs, which is good. But it just works so much better, the fact that you can have breakfast whenever you want. Getting people up and dressed in the morning can take a long time because you're encouraging, you're reminding, you're, you know, you're probably having to do somebody's makeup, do their hair. You're, you're having to try and supervise showers toilets etc there's a lot to do you're then also thinking about well what what are we going to have for dinner tonight and if you go to belgium and if you've got an apartment it's fabulous you go to all these amazing little places that sell um 
cured meats and all sorts and you can get beautiful things like garlic prawns or fish pies and they're ready meals but they are lovingly made by that local butchers or fish place etc so they have made it that day and and they're just incredible so you can you can make it part of your day that right we're going to go and get our evening meal now and we're going to go and we'll get three of them and we'll get three of them starters and three of them mains and then we'll go back and we've got a bottle of wine or a bottle of fizz or you know we've got teas and coffees we'll go out and have lunch a couple of drinks a little bit of a wander and then we'll go back to the apartment because once it gets to evening it can become a little bit confusing sometimes some people get a little bit of sundowners some people get a little bit of flustered some people want a little bit of a snooze so if you're in an apartment it really helps that people can just take their time oh if i'd have only known <laughs> first time when i went my own on my own oh my word and then at the end what you've got to do is you've got to go and collect the car and bring the car back do you leave them in the apartment or do you take them to the car park with you in the end i took them to the car park then drove back oh it was just easier and going away you should still go away you know you just have to adapt so hotels don't work so much because it's very rigid and scheduled on meal times when people are coming in to clear clean whereas when you rent an apartment you know it's yours you no one's going to come in and clean it well they certainly don't in the ones that we go to it's clean at the end so you can you can really do your own times you know there's a nice tv in there you've got nice settees it's um but what you will find during the night all of a sudden you'll hear i don't know if you can hear this and you can hear Where's the toilet? So you have to jump out of bed, go and help them, get to the toilet and go back. But if they were in a hotel room on their own, they really wouldn't find it. And I do I do know that we've had some, over the years, we've seen some things happen. I know on one of our our holidays over in, was, it, was that in Ypres? Yes, it was in Ypres. I know that during the night, my dad had gone to find the toilet because he needed the toilet in the middle of the night and my husband had also gone to find the toilet and my dad did not recognize my husband you know it's the middle of the night i don't know who this stranger is <laughs> there's a bloke out there <laughs> so you have to think about that as well during the night they don't won't necessarily recognize everyone around them and if they do bump into a total stranger in the just in the hallway in the apartment that you're you're renting, that can be a bit of a situation and you may have to explain to people and just be prepared and just chill. And often it is easier to go out for a little bit of a walk during lunchtime, early afternoon, and then go back to the apartment to all eat safely, comfortably. It doesn't get rowdy on a on a nighttime if you're in your apartment, but you can never guarantee that if you're in a restaurant or if you're in a bar or if you're walking down the street. Um, and actually talking about that, people will have little quirks. And I think for my dad, what what he 
his wallet was always stuffed full of notes, plenty of money. And keys and his wallet was something that was constantly looking after and losing. And by losing, I mean putting in a safe place. And I'll never forget, we, we were in Ostend. We'd gone there. I think it was for my birthday. This is quite a few years ago, like early on in, in dementia time. Anyway, we're walking back from the restaurant and two chaps walked past and said, evening, and my dad, evening. And we carried on back to the apartment, got into the apartment and then got to bed and suddenly my dad's flying through our bedroom door. I've lost my wallet. My wallet's gone. It must be them two fellas. Them two fellas must have taken my wallet. So just like groggy, right, okay, let's start looking around. So we start looking around and it's just like, right, where were you? Let's check this, check, let's check that. Anyway, the apartment goes into absolute uproar because my dad's got so much money in his wallet, etc. And it's just like, right, where, what happened? Where did you go when we came back into the apartment? Anyway, we found his wallet under his pillow and this is something else that there will be certain things that they are their prized possessions and their prized possessions can end up in the strangest places keys locks wallets wallet tended to be under a mattress or under the pillow and put in jacket in wardrobe in pocket overnight and then taken out again. Keys were constantly being lost. We've even found keys that were hidden in the garden, buried. We found them when we started doing a little bit of work. Um, and that's where certain bunches of keys got buried for safekeeping. But I'm sure it was quickly forgotten about where those keys had gone to. Something else that you will find is there will be, and do you know what, I, I noticed this with my, my grandma as well, who had Alzheimer's. And whenever something happened, she said, is it in here? And everything could come out of the handbag. So whether it was, you know, something that you wanted from the shop, have I got any in here? And you know, I'm seeing the same, the same with my mum. It's, it's that one safe space, the handbag, that's the trusted handbag. It's got everything in it, all the worldly goods. It's safe. It's theirs. And I say, oh, I need a, it could be anything, could be, I need a, a spoon. I need, you know, we've lost something. Is it in here? Is it in here? Check in here. And we have found certain things like remote controls in there over the years. That's another thing that things may go missing. Just check the safe places, which is underneath the pillow, underneath the bed. Yeah. And the handbag. It's it's strange. And and something else I just want to share. This, is, this was a... a a little bit of a shocker. So we've been away to went to Belgium so much because 
you know, we could drive there. I can't think of anything worse than trying to navigate an airport with people with Alzheimer's dementia. It just would not work. And likewise, taking a, a normal ferry wasn't great. So for us, it was we could go in the car, we could go on the, the channel, we could go to France, turn left and go up to Belgium. And it was safe, secure. We could take a picnic. We made a day of it. You know, it was an event. It wasn't just traveling. And it was fun. So when we were on the channel, you know, we'd get the picnic out, we'd have the our bits would go to the duty-free the bit before when we could actually go through through tills etc with my dad <laughs> it's, it's that got a bit challenging but we could travel and we could have fun and we went to we went to Belgium quite often but I do remember this one time that we'd been away we'd 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 stayed in some beautiful villas etc over there and then we got home and I'd travelled all the way back home and we had had a snack when we got home because it was quite late and took my mum up to mum and dad upstairs and, and my mum just said to me, she said, oh, she said, we're going away tomorrow, aren't we? And I should have said, yes. But what I actually said was, we've just come back. And these are the little things that they will catch us off guard and we won't see it coming but my mum just saw the suitcase and she also knew that we were going away but I'd totally forgotten about the last week where we'd just been away and that's it's as heartbreaking as it is when we say those things and suddenly you see, you know, your loved one's face drop and say, I can't remember. Just think, why did we say that? Why, why did I say that? Why didn't I just say, yeah, we're going tomorrow? But we, we're not perfect. We, we can't be prepared for everything. We can't anticipate everything and we don't get everything right. But do you know what? We do our best. We had a week away traveling to off what is our as a family our favorite country in the world for me thailand and hong kong come a close second afterwards but i i still love you know belgium that belgian coast the most that's 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 our go-to place and we, we've loved going there for years and years and years so we'd had brilliant memories we'd had great feelings being there however the memory of being there had gone, which is a shame. But we still did it and it's still important for all of us to make memories. Even when those memories may slip away pretty quickly, the memories are still there for you and that's really, really important. So don't stop making memories. Don't stop going away. Don't stop going out. Don't stop having afternoon tea, lunch, fish and chips, whatever you want to do, walk around the park. Don't stop doing any of that because it's it's what will make you happy and it makes them happy as well, even if you can't remember very long. So you're doing amazingly. We're all in this, on this journey that none of us want to be on, but all of us are on. 
take inspiration from yourself, from what you're doing. Take that you are making a difference. You are doing your absolute best. And just remember to take five minutes of your day for you. That's five minutes where you clear your mind, where you walk out of your house, whether it's walking to that local post, post, post box, whether it's walking the fields near you, whether it's walking for a pint of milk, just to go out and experience and to feel the weather, the atmosphere, see the blue skies and just try and clear your mind. That is your time, your escapism to be you. I hope that has raised a smile and made you realise that's happened to me too. Take care of you and keep doing exactly what you're doing. You take care of yourself. Much love. Bye-bye.